The Science Show on RN coming from Exeter. And have you noticed that all these academics have more than one line of expertise? So next we have Peter Cox, a mathematician who looks after forests. What we're doing at the moment is we're looking in detail at something I never thought we'd be able to use usefully, which is the size structure of forests. You know, how big are the trees? How many big trees have you got compared to small trees? And for many years, people were offering this to me. They were saying, well, we go out in the field, we can measure trees for you. And I'd say, well, that's no good for me. My model just does green slime. And now we've begun to realise that there's a lot of information in that size structure. So, for example, you can tell whether a forest has recently been disturbed because it won't be in what we would call a, a democratic equilibrium state where the size structure is such as to be in equilibrium. Or you can tell even possibly things like whether carbon dioxide is fertilising growth or not. And also what the average mortality rate is of a forest because the shape tells you the mortality rate. So there's some really exciting stuff going on that's sort of on that boundary between environmental science, mathematics and big data, remote sensing particularly, that allows us to tell things about the landscape that I never thought we'd be able to tell. How did you discover that? We did what mathematicians often do. I'm in a maths department, even an environmental scientist. And we just thought we'll make the models so simple we can solve it. And we thought we've got some nice solutions. They look like the real world. And they'd look like the real world almost everywhere. And then we found the shape of these curves, you know, the number of trees of a given height as a function of height, were almost universal in forests that were very different in you know, the tropics or North America. And we started to wonder why. And it turns out there's quite a lot of resilience of that shape. And the shape of it tells you a lot about the ratio of mortality to growth, really, of the forest. So it tells you something about its health. So that came out of what mathematicians do and physicists sometimes do. They make a problem easy enough to solve, and then they find it doesn't look like the real world. We got lucky, which found it did look like the real world. And a lot of the complication we thought we were going to need, it turns out we don't need. That's when science gets beautiful. Having found that information, can you advise on what can be done? More so, yeah. So we're able to say, for example, that's a managed forest, even if we weren't sure before. We're able to say this forest has suffered some sort of perturbation. We'll probably be able to say there's evidence of some change in the growth rate of the system or the mortality of the system. So we'll be able to say things about the forest from a snapshot that we would otherwise have to wait decades or centuries to find out. And that's sometimes what we call space to time. So you, you look at the variability in the landscape and rather than go, oh, that's too complicated, it tells you something about the way the system is likely to change or is changing. Uh, we do see the same thing with abrupt changes, tipping points. You know, when you get a, a system, might, you might get, for example, a tropical forest that switches to a savanna because of increasing fire. There will be spatial patterns prior to that switch that will give you a forewarning. And it's almost a question of finding out what they are and how you can use them. So we, if we get those sort of information, we can say something about future changes and we can constrain future changes. But we could also advise where things are likely to become vulnerable or whether they're likely to become stronger by virtue of the shape of that distribution. And not waste 10 years trying things. Well, we hope not. I mean, we haven't got 10 years really. I mean, we've been saying that we've got another 10 years to solve the climate problem for all my career and probably as much before. And we don't have a lot of time if we want to meet the targets that are associated with Paris, we're probably going to miss the 1.5 target. We hope we don't miss the 2 degree target. It's almost a question of making sure that we continue to recognise that 1.6 is a lot worse than 1.5 and 1.7 is a lot worse than 1.6. There isn't a point where it's not worth trying. It's worth trying the whole time. So I think there are things happening and there are innovations happening. They don't happen fast enough, but there's hope. I mean, I think especially with younger people, they just get it more. And that some of us have been around for a long time thinking, well, that's just another thing that people have been talking about for ages. Where is it? It's here now. We can sense it. Extremes around the world, it's sort of the most stark evidence 
of the changing climate now. More stark than I thought it would be. The global warming is exactly what we expected, but the way extremes are changing is more stark than many climate scientists were expecting. Peter Cox is Professor of Climate Science Dynamics, University of Exeter. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.